before their hashtags. A dissection of pop culture past. With Eric Dallinger. And Carlyanna Billings. Each week we hop in our time machine and take a look at the past of pop culture. Hi friends and welcome to the Before There Were Hashtags podcast. Woo! I said that so weird. <laughs> we can start again. <laughs> no, leave it. It makes me human. You're so human. I know, I know, I know, I know our listeners put me on a pedestal. They don't so. think you're human, but this will I'm I'm a human you. people. Like you're just I make a person mistakes. Like all of us. Well, that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, stop putting me on a pedestal, <laughs> listeners. I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is before there were hashtags. And I am Carly, the annoying high voice that cuts Eric off. Wow, Carly was like done with the bit. So she <laughs> was like, we are moving One on. One of us has to keep it moving. This is a big episode. This is an episode that is such a topic that we talk about all the time. So yeah. I think it's, we have to do it justice. Um, uh, and my name you're is Eric. I am That's Eric. Right. Just in case you forgot <laughs> who you put on a pedestal. Correct, yeah. Uh, this is Eric Dallinger, premier pedestal pal. And I am Carly Billings, and I am this beautiful but annoying voice and we're here to talk <laughs> I think pop we both culture ha- i think we both have annoying voices <laughs> this has become yeah. like a thing is that we talk about how annoying our voices are it's just funny i, I th- well first of all i think everyone thinks they have an annoying voice i don't really know anyone that goes ah yes i love to listen to myself oh, it's because we listen to ourselves back and we're like Ugh, yeah uh, it's because you can't truly hear how you sound no until it's you know played back for you and you're like that's how I sound. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, we're annoying, but we're here and we love to be. We and you are. love to be annoyed by us. So thank you for being here. Welcome back. Welcome to it. And uh, today we've got an exciting topic for you. And we can't wait to jump, bump, 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 bump on in to it. Um, um, so, yeah. but how are you, Carly? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you for asking. Uh, honestly, I'm a little hot, though, uh, and that's fine. Yeah, we are recording August. in the heat. Yeah, I just didn't really realize how hot today was, and it's, like, slowly hitting me, but it's we'll make it through. We have some water. We have some snacks. Banana bread. Carly's mom made us <laughs> that's <true>. banana bread. <laughs> My banana bread, uh, as she likes to do. We're One good. time I came to Carly's house to record the podcast, <laughs> and I was like, Carly, I'm really hungry. Can I have some food? And since then, it's like I walk in, and I'm like... I demand food. It's on your. It's part of your rider. It's part of my rider yeah. in order to do this podcast. <laughs> I demand food. So Carly's mom made me pasta. Yep, that's and right. And then now we're eating yep. chips and popcorn. And Carly's mom made us banana bread. Mm-hmm. Just got to keep us going. We love you know? Rena Billings. Yep, she loves to feed us, and we love to be fed. So what can you do? We all have things we love, and uh, we're all getting to do them here today, just yes. because of this podcast. So thank you. Sorry, I should well, I should uh, reciprocate the question. How are you doing here? I'm really good. Well, I've mm-hmm. been fed, so I so, yeah. feel great. Good. Had a long day. Friends, I'm just going to expose it. I'm teaching camp <laughs> right now. Yeah. My boss's great idea, she probably listens to this, so uh, Heather, I love ya, was to do camps from 9 to 5. So long. Not till 3, till 5. No, pulling a Dolly Parton, working 9 to 5. Working 9 to 5. And yeah. it's just a long time to be with children, and they're young. We have three-year-olds in the camp. And how? And to be outside, to be with, like, COVID well, things. You're not outside anymore? No. Since the oh, 16th of God. July, we've been able to move back inside. Thank goodness. Uh, but we do... But still. We do do... We have our yeah. food outside, so that... Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I am outside some, some of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, it is a long day. But, you know, it's good. I'm not complaining. It's... 
I'm making money. You're doing the thing. I'm dancing. That's great. It's great. It's also in Simcoe, so I have to drive an hour <laughs> to get there. But you know what? The drive is great. I listen yeah. to lots of podcasts, including Ghosts Are Everywhere. What? Shout out. Oh, my goodness. You're so good Shout at out. plugging uh, We pod. no longer have beef with them. So <laughs> the beef is squashed. The beef so. is squashed. It's... <laughs> It's 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 so squashed. It's a pumpkin squash. Oh, getting ready, getting ready. For oh, the we're getting ready. Baby. I've yeah. received like hate messages from two people being like, <gasps> "Fall doesn't come till the twenty second of September." Eric, stop trying to make fall happen. No. I'm like, you're like jumping on That's me before I said anything. You also like have hardly mentioned it. No, I I actually haven't. I'm like <laughs> these people I love, and I'm not. I like they're just they're just playing into the bit yeah. too. The what? opposite way. And I was yeah. like, but can I have my pumpkin spice frappuccino? <laughs> it's it's flavors of fall with the cold drink feel of summer. It's, <laughs> it's like the mixing. Best of both worlds. It's a transit. It yeah. is the perfect it is the perfect September drink. Totally. Like those like last few days of summer, early days of fall where you're still getting like high twenties sometimes mm-hmm. or but maybe it will dip. But you wanna feel the fall fantasy. Yeah. Ooh, a little alliteration. Ooh. Fall, Come fantasy. On, fall fantasy. And we're gonna get into the fantasy in this oh, episode. Oh, I'm gonna have uh, our fantasy. But yeah, the fall fantasy frappuccino. <gasps> Why haven't they created that? The fall fantasy frappuccino. We need to call them and say, excuse to, me. Excuse me. This is what your next move is. You're welcome. Pay us. Pay and us. we'll promote it here on the podcast. Yeah, we'll promote it. That's right. We should become an... Well, it doesn't have to be Starbucks. It can no, be any coffee anybody. shop that makes uh, pumpkin spice. Yeah. I'll settle for Tim Hortons. Like, we'll, I'll do it. We'll do it. We will cash out, baby. Just yeah. anything fall, fall flavored, give I'll, it to I'll us. work for McDonald's. If BTS will work for McDonald's, I'll, I'll work for McDonald's. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, we're looking, uh, and uh, if you want to contact us, please contact us. At our Instagram. That's, That's actually usually the best way to get in contact with us, is totally. our Instagram. Yeah. And follow us. us. That's right. For the hashtag spot. You got As it. we stick popcorn in our mouth and... You like to hear it. Create a little ASMR. <laughs> ASMR Hi. fantasy. We're just chewing the That's not us eating it. We're just crunching it with our fingers. Oh, I dropped on the floor. We are a comedy <laughs> podcast. We're funny. We like it. And we're all here for we it. We just lost half our listeners <laughs> just there. Just because of the... But then... Sorry, I was scratching the mic to get the popcorn off of it because I smashed the popcorn into the mic. But we also a gained choice. a new audience of ASMR. <laughs> That's ASMR corner. Uh... <laughs> And you liked it, and we liked it, too. So I was on the, the not before there were hashtags, Ghosts Are Everywhere <laughs> podcast, and yes. I tried to do an ASMR bit, and my friend was like, your voice is too loud for ASMR, because I literally just got <laughs> close to it and talked like this, which is not ASMR. <laughs> this is ASMR. Yeah, more of a whisper in the night. Yeah. Like a... Yeah, we're not built for ASMR, you we're and not. I. <laughs> we're the opposite. What's the opposite of ASMR? LSMR? Loud. L stands for loud. I don't L- know. The L is for loud. I don't even know what ASMR <laughs> really stands for. ALMR? Because maybe the S stands. No. I don't know. I don't know. Well, why don't we get. <laughs> we've we've our, annoyed our, our audiences LSMR, enough. Yeah. Ways. Let's get into it. This is me, like, further. I'm like, the bed is done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, we like to take turns here on the podcast. <laughs> One time. Okay, little story time. And there will be some people out there that will remember this story. <laughs> Um, I was in a change room and <laughs> I was really annoyed 
because people were singing after the show, singing the show we were in, and they were making jokes about it. But then I was like, then I got, I tried to talk and then got sung over, and then I went, the bit is done. We just spent the whole show singing. We don't need to sing now. And I probably looked like an uber bitch. You also said, get over it. It's over. That was a different thing. Oh, okay. That That was was a a different thing. That was a good one. That was when we were teenagers. I know. That was my favorite thing. I should have gone with that one. That was a better one. Do you want to go with that one? Yeah, let's scratch that. I won't insult people. Okay. I, I don't think the main person that I got upset with is listening, which oh, is okay. totally Fine. cool. I'm not, I, I have nothing against them. It was like a moment of me being a little ornery, but also, but also. don't sing in change rooms. <laughs> I don't think I was in the wrong, but I also like realized that I could have let it go and it didn't That's matter. right. Yeah. And that's what we like to, to do is we like to grow. We like to learn. And sometimes we like to stand by our decisions and do a little bit of each for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's actually get into gassing up our time machine. Get on into it. So uh, at the top or, you know, into, into the top of every show, we like to take five minutes to gas up our time machine to go back to the way back so we can tell you, properly tell you how the story, the pop culture of the day. And today, Eric is setting, as always, five minutes on the clock and we're going to talk about today's pop culture in order to gas up our time machine so we can make that happen for you. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Yes. All right. Um, What's in the news, Eric? What's been in the news? I think the biggest thing is that Simone Biles won the bronze for uh, individual balance beam in the Olympics. With her silver that she has won, she she ties to hold the record for the most decorated U.S. uh, gymnastics Mm -hmm. Olympian athlete. Yeah. I don't know if it... It might be world that she is the most decorated She's badass. I wouldn't put it past her. She is badass. But it is also important to know that she uh, stepped away from a lot of the events this Olympics. Mm Kind of last minute to take care of her mental health. So she's having... um, She's having a bit of a medical issue where she doesn't... She's having a hard time. I don't know. I'm not a sports therapist or Neither sports doctor. We're so not. Yeah. Please forgive us. But she's having a condition where she is losing her sense of self in the air. That's very scary. So when she wrote, when she does twists on top of rotations, mm-hmm. she loses her where she is in yeah. relation to the ground. Which is scary as a gymnast. And that's. that's- causing her a lot of anxiety so she decided to pull out to take care of her good for her that takes both her mental health and make sure that she wouldn't get hurt yeah that takes a big uh a lot of courage yeah well and a lot of people are really upset at her for it and i i mean i'll call myself out and say yeah i was upset she's amazing i wanted to see her like i like we all wanted to see simone she's so good at what she she is she's the greatest of all time yeah so she's a legend it is disappointing, but I understand, and I'm not upset at her for it. No, and it's if anything, it, it it sends an even better and bigger message to the world of like mental health and like how athletes. It's important for athletes to take care of their mental health because I think that's something that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot in those circles. Yeah, or in, in, mo- in mo- most circles, but especially um, with the pressures of you know being a young Olympian. Yeah. And she also recently had a death in the family, so mm-hmm. there's just a lot going, going on, on with Simone. So we we stand by Simone's decision. Oh, absolutely. And, hey, she still brought the U.S. a bronze and was part of the team silver. So yeah, hey, like 
on her worst day, she's really still the best of us. Lots of other exciting Olympic things. Yeah, the Olympics are done. Uh, they're you, done? They, they're finished! I didn't watch much of it. I have to be honest. I did not. <laughs> the Canadian uh, soccer women's came away with a goal, baby. The goal. That's, that's, that's actually pretty, pretty big when you think of, like, South America and Europe are both huge mm-hmm. soccer places. And huge! Also, like, our Canadian men's team, like, can't even qualify, no. and our women's team wins gold. Our That's women's amazing. team has been so strong. Yeah. And it was so nice to see them rewarded. For sure, for yeah. sure. I agree. Um, yeah, so Especially much on- since, you know, we live in Canada, and the Summer Olympics, like, they're not, they're not, not the biggest thing They're not here. the biggest deal. Like, yeah. I will say I watch winter all the time, don't really watch summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've watched a little highlight clips of some of the... Uh, gymnastics, because you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who doesn't watch that? We love the gymnastics. Sometimes I watch diving. I love to watch the diving. Yeah. Tom Daly won gold. Yeah. Queer culture. Queer culture. And he made a sweater. Did you see him? He knits his sweater (laughs) while watching other events. And he's finally finished his Olympic sweater, his Tokyo Olympic sweater. So funny. But yeah, it's uh the Olympics. They're problematic, but uh they also bring a lot of joy. Like everything. Educate me, Carly. Why are they problematic? Honestly, I I don't know. Well, I I I I don't want that to be like. There's a tell me (laughs) to to give you an opportunity. No, I'm. Well, there's a lot of like scandal with like um, with with like sexual assault and all that kind of things. And there's a lot of um just problematic issues with like hosting countries and infrastructure and like. A oh. lot of problematic things with, like, how the Olympics is run and what it actually stands Tokyo for. Tokyo is so in debt. And just, like, colonialism and, yeah. like, aspects like that are a really big issue with, uh, you know, the Olympics as a whole. And it's, uh, yeah, a problematic fave of a lot of people, even if they don't know it's problematic. You know that, like, the Olympics cost Tokyo around $22, mil- $22 yeah. billion. Dollars. Yeah. It's um, awful to host the Olympics. You should never want to yeah, host it. Yeah, you should never want to host, yeah, should never yeah. Want to host the Olympics. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's terrible. There are still countries that are paying, are off, paying off their debt for years and years and years. And a lot of those Olympic stadiums sit empty after because they're yeah. almost too big to host any other event. Yeah, and also it like ruins um, like infrastructure, other infrastructure through cities. It's terrible in the environment. It's terrible for the people that live in these places and who are driven out to build these big facilities. There's just a lot of problems. It's not good. <laughs> but... But we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> it's over now. F that. We only gave five minutes to talk about that issue. Yeah. So the Olympics. Less. You, you could find a lot of aspects on it. But that's not what we're here for today. That's no. just the preliminaries. The trial, if you will. Today we're here for the big the big one. The, the big one. The one we talk about pretty much every episode because we like to talk about it because it's something that, you know, we uh, indulge in on the weekly, on the daily even, at times. Which is... RuPaul's Drag Race, start your engines. RuPaul's Drag Race, may the best drag queen win. Best drag queen, best drag queen win. Which they've recently changed the theme song. Yeah, I'm sure that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, they re-recorded it. That wasn't the theme song for the season that we're talking about today. No, it is not with the not the lyrics. No, oh, oh, I thought you. Sorry, I thought you meant like current season. No, 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 no. the season we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are talking about the origins that's right. and the birth mm-hmm. and of the first one, of one of the. Television reality TV dynasties of our time. We're the talking mammoths. The mammoths. Yeah. The big, the Kahunas. big brain. That's right. The big deal, the big time. We're talking about <laughs> the original season. The lost season, as some call mm, it. 
that's season one. one, baby. We all have to start somewhere, and this is where Drag Race started. So, as you said, the first season of Drag Race is nicknamed the Lost Season of the <gasps> franchise. It premiered February 2nd, 2009 on Logo TV in the United States. It had nine contestants who competed to win the title of America's Next Drag Superstar and $20,000 cash and $5,000 of MAC cosmetics. Also, a chance to be featured in an LA iWorks campaign and to join the Logo Drag Race Tour. Is that... Not, I, we won't give spoilers, but there <laughs> is a queen through lip syncs on the all-star season that has won yeah. more money than the first two queens combined Correct. in their, in their, as winners. Yeah. The first two season, the first second, the first season of Drag Race and the second season of Drag Race, the amount that those winners won combined, there's a queen uh, currently on all-star season, which is not yeah. even a regular season who has won, yeah, doing lip syncs. More than they both won combined. Mm-hmm. It's fricked. It is the amount of money now that is in this franchise is beyond. And to go back to its humble beginnings is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It's also interesting. It's the first. Se- it's the first and only season to have Mac. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. now it's Anastasia Beauty. Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics. Oh, what's the other? It's that in the recent seasons, but before that, it was color. Uh, a color me something something. Yeah. We're not talking about those seasons. (laughs) No. There also used to be the Absolute Interior Illusions Lounge. There's a whole bunch of things. Absolute Vodka used to sponsor them. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things that were there, have been there, and are not there. And it's super neat um, to talk about. So the season was filmed in the summer of 2008. You know, people people think Drag Race. They think the Drag Race that's happening now. They really... Nobody thinks this. Because this is not... If I'm being honest, this isn't Drag Race. Like how we know it to be. In any way, shape, or form. It's very... It's very preliminary. It's very ready to wear. Yes. They, they are wearing clothes yes. off the rack. Yeah. They're wearing a lot of H&M. They're wearing... And we all know Rue hates <laughs> H&M. H&M. I don't want to see any fucking H&M. But don't forget, ASOS is fine. <laughs> ASOS is totally fine. Asina Mandela. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gay. But before the days of Michelle Visage's Stacey London gray-striped swoop, before Carson Kressley's awkward puns and Ross Matthews' campery, the judges' table looked very, very different. Mm-hmm. So they had Santino Rice, who is a, mm-hmm. an alumni of Project Runway. That's right. And he actually made it. He made it to around season eight, I think. He did really well on that show. Yeah, he like stuck stuck around for quite a while. And Merle Ginsburg <laughs> was the other. Judge on the show, what and she. To Merle Ginsburg. Uh, yeah, so I looked it up. So <laughs> it funny. turns this is actually interesting. So, in an interview with Hey Queen, mm-hmm. Michelle Vis- Visage. Why am I messing up her name? Michelle Visage. She was always meant to be Rue's right hand woman. Yeah, but, as she is like in real life. But they're... she was under contract with uh, radio as a radio host. Host totally. And which is funny because it was also with CBS because, of course, Drag Race is owned by CB- uh, Viacom CBS. Yeah. But I guess still contracts didn't allow her to... Appear on in both. Appear in both. Yeah. So they had to find somebody else. So they found Merle. But as Until soon her as, contract ran out. And as soon as the contract ran out, they were like, yeah. bye, Merle. It, Which I, makes sense why she's only there for a couple seasons. Yeah. But she does come back. They she do, does. Whatever happened to Merle Ginsburg? It's such a good bit. They do a, a fictitious... Reenactment of Merle mm-hmm. leaving the show. 
Yeah, it's like a fake. It's like it's a challenge on on a later season of Drag Race where it's like a film noir bit. It's very funny. Yeah, but it's interesting because looking up who Merle is, like, mm-hmm. who is she? Like, I couldn't really find who her. are either of them, and why are they here? Yeah, like, I mean, Santino you know? was on. Uh, I guess at the time he, he was, was relatively relevant. Yeah, and he was he, he was judging a reality TV show right after being on a reality TV show, which yeah, had some so that parallels. Kind of... That was nice. But Merle, like, looking at like, her Wikipedia page is just one paragraph. Like, it's yeah. just the opening. and it, it's, it's just that she, yeah, is a writer and a fashion, fashion writer. fashion girl. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all. She, not all. I no, mean, but that's all it says about her yeah. because that's what, you know, her credits are, I suppose. Not that that's not nothing. Of no. course, RuPaul, though, has always been a judge. The one mainstay in Drag Race is RuPaul because it's RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race. The dynamics on the judging table also then were very different than they are now. Whereas, like, now I, they tend to, like, all give critiques and don't really fall into any specific roles. You know, like, I'm thinking, like... This is the mean judge. This is the nice judge. This like the Simon Cowell like Apollo Abdul dynamic. They so don't really they don't do they this. They don't at this really time? do that at this time. As in season one. In season one, they do. Oh, in season one, they do. Okay. Yeah, because I, I would say no. They still kind of do. I think like Carson is style. Ross is comedy. Mm-hmm. Michelle is the mean judge. Oh, I guess. Well, I th- I think they have like their lanes of what they're good at. I just don't know that there's one of them that is more the Simon Cowell type because. I guess it could be Michelle if you're thinking like mm-hmm. if one has to be, but for me when I well, watch the early say seasons, Michelle's very mean. Yeah, not mean. She's very harsh. Harsh as a harsher critique. I suppose that's true. But when I watched the first few seasons, I remember thinking to myself, Santino Rice is so mean. Oh yeah, Santino Rice is actually mean. Whereas like Michelle like pushes the queens because you can tell she knows that they can do better. Mm-hmm. And it is maybe harsh, but I think it's a lot of times stuff they need to hear. Sometimes it's also misguided. Yeah. Um, and just not right. But Santino specifically, I think, was mean to be mean. Right. And that was kind of, he was the Simon Cowell type because that's 2009, think about it. This, at that point, was the, like, rudimentary how reality TV judging works. Like, it was, like, based on American Idol. It was based on, like, those types of shows. Um, like other shows running at the time are like America's, America's Next Top, Top Model. Model. You know what I mean? So it had it really was formulaic in the judging in that way. Whereas mm-hmm. now I would say it's a little less obviously formulaic for judging. Well, I Not think, necessarily show. I think they were falling into a lane last time where now they've created their own path. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say that's true. I'd say that's fair. They were trying to be uh like, America's Next Tall Model really set the standard, and there was also, like, Search for the Next Doll, mm-hmm. which we love. <laughs> um, and then Drag Race, of course. Now, um, I watched the reunion last night. Oh! And, oh my goodness, Chanel go, like, is so mean to Santino. Like, they they have this <laughs> moment in the reunion where the, RuPaul goes, okay, so now it's your turn, Queens, to say anything you would like to the judges. Yeah. Chanel is like, you have never called me beautiful. <sighs> and then Santino's response is like, I think you're beautiful. I just don't think you have any taste. It's so, like, so hardcore. So hardcore. So hardcore. The, and that is the, like, Simon Cowell energy that he brings to the show. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the iconic Tammy Brown. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Can we get into this in a little bit? Because let's talk about first what Queens even competed in this season so we can give like a i know i'm just on the reunion and the line is in my head 
But yes, okay. we can. I will zip my lip. Okay. That's a little teaser. That's a little teaser. So the like we said, there's nine queens who competed on the first season. Um, they are as follows: Victoria Porkchop Parker, who probably is the most famous of them all. I, um, since the maybe, show, I'd say like maybe the second or third famous. I would. She still makes appearances on the show. She was on season thirteen. Yeah, they did do a whole bit where the whole season was Victoria Porkchop Parker, like the Porkchop Lounge, the Porkchop Loading Dock. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I think Porkchop and Porkchop makes appearances all the time on the show, and she was in Snatch Game last season. Yeah, I think she's the most referenced queen, and every every live finale, Rue starts off with, "Hey, Porkchop." That's why Alaska says. Uh, hey, poor chop. Yeah. In Read you wrote you. Yeah. I think I would say Victoria Portrait Parker is the most famous queen from season one. Just saying, Carly may disagree with me. I but. I guess you might be right in that Victoria Portrait Parker is the most like always on Drag Race of the of them all. But I don't think that she is the most famous queen from the season okay well when we get to that queen you can tell me who it is okay. uh i i put my flag in okay. the ground and say i think park chop is the most famous queen of season one okay that's fair all right um who who else is on here jade but i call, like jade jade was like my jade. favorite they only call jade jade but jade's full drag name is jade sodomire but they only on the show call jade jade because the reference is sodomy i guess which is hilarious because <laughs> she was the queen that they always got. It's the season one is the only season that I think they've ever gone after a girl for having a bad tuck, and it's Jade. Yeah. They go after Jade all the time. That's for true. That. Yeah. There's gonna be spoilers of season one if you haven't seen season one. It's also season one. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, Angina. 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 Love Angina. Chanel, like you said. Rebecca Glasscock. Who they all hated. Who they all hated. Nina Flowers. Akasha. But not Akasha Davis. No, not Mrs. Akasha Davis. It was always time for a cocktail. I love Mrs. Akasha Davis. Not her, though. Akasha. Uh, Bibi Zahara Benet. A legend in, in her own right. Cameroon. Cameroon. And my favorite queen, the queen I think is the most famous, the legendary Miss Tammy Brown. I guess that's... Okay, that's, that is... Yeah. That Tammy is. Brown. Come on, Teletubbies. Teleport us to Come on, it's Tammy Brown. Well, I have to to say my favorite line. Going back, going back to the reunion. Yes, now that we've introduced the Queen's reunion episode, which was weird because it happened after the finale episode. Yeah, we already knew who won. Yeah, it's such a weird... It usually happens before. Yeah, we'll talk about the layout of episodes in a second, but it was weird. But yes, this is what made it even weirder. So yeah, of course. So they had the whole Chanel thing where Chanel goes after Santino. Yeah. And then Tammy Brown goes after both RuPaul and Santino goes, you both called me losers. Blah, blah, blah. Goes on. RuPaul goes, I didn't call you a loser. You made yourself a loser. You are a star. And if you don't believe it, it's this whole blow up between. And then Tammy Brown's comeback is, well, I don't see you walking children in nature, and it's the best. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. It's all, it's very much the like equivalent of like a Tyra Banks. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. It's the same like unhinged equivalent 
from RuPaul. Yeah. Um, where RuPaul literally starts yelling. I have never yelling, at a girl like this. Yeah, it's that. And RuPaul literally goes, you forgot you're fabulous. Don't blame me for that. That's your fucking responsibility. And like lays into Tammy. And Tammy's yeah, shoots back. Just before she shoots back with that, shoots back with, excuse your mouth. Which is the best thing. It's literally, when we think drama with RuPaul, we think like Pearl's face crack. Like, is there yeah. something on my face? But this was the original. Is there something on my face? Excuse your mouth from Miss Tammy Brown. Iconic. Uh, and yeah, the whole moment is, is like perfect. I'm obsessed with it's Tammy Brown. perfect. There's nothing better than in All Stars 2 when she goes, ah, ah, <laughs> acting. Acting. <laughs> Tammy Brown is, Tammy Brown really, truly, I've said this, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Tammy Brown might be one of my favorite drag queens of all time, hands down, because I think she is. She's a like, kook. I a love her. And I love her so much. And she makes no sense, but she makes total sense. Um, but yeah, this moment with her, and it's so good that it's with her. It's so unpolished, so unplanned, so unpoised. It's so real. And like RuPaul is off her rocker. Uh, and the reason, so, and it, it really is like part of the reason why so many of us fell in love with Drag Race in the first place is that it's just like anything can happen. What the heck is happening? And it's just real, but it's, and it's also so different from what it's like now. That I, would never happen so today. So I just have to make a, a correction on myself. I think I said All-Stars 2 and I meant All-Stars 1, but. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She it's just because All-Stars all 2 is the best season ever to be oh, a drag race. Totally. Just saying. And also All-Stars 1 made no sense. They competed in teams. That was a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's another episode. All-Stars 1. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But it had one of my favorite lip syncs of all time. Period. Dancing on my own? Juju and Raven. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I thought it was worth the double save. Mm, I loved it though. Just crying and holding <laughs> one another. Come on, amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, Iconic. Do you mind if I go back in time a little bit? Love that. Let's do it. All right. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the start of Drag Race. Ooh, so around do. 37 years ago, RuPaul, at 24 years of age, met uh, Randy Bar. Sorry, Randy Barbato and Fenton Bailey, Mm -hmm. who went on, and those two would go on to found World of Wonder, which is, of course, the production company that runs RuPaul's Drag Race. Absolutely. So, WOW, which, so World of Wonder for now on will be called WOW, usually, Mm -hmm. uh, put him on a show called Manhattan Cable, and that sort of started Ru on his television journey. Yeah, to the masses. Yeah. In... 2004, Wow started talking to him, talking to Rue. I'm referring to Rue as him, but Rue goes by both pronouns when it comes yeah. to in and out of, in drag, her, out of drag, him. RuPaul also says, you can call me he, you can call me she, as long as you just call me. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really care. I just want people to know that I respect everyone's yeah. pronouns. Absolutely. Something that Rue doesn't always do, but. That's, okay. that's, it. that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Um, in 2004, uh, Wow started talking to Rue about a reality show, but he actually resisted because he felt that reality TV was kind of mean-spirited, and he didn't want to paint drag as something cheap and something that was mean-spirited and that drag queens would come off... Uh, in a like, bad light. In a bad light. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um... And around the same time, two years later, actually, Tom Campbell joined WOW as, like, their, like, head of production, as their, like, mm-hmm. CEO. And he later brought it back up to Rue. And Rue was inspired because Obama was running for uh, election and yeah. felt 
people really thought felt this like winds of change. So we can thank Obama for Drag Race. Um, so that's pretty badass. Rue felt like sort of the world was becoming more accepting and that mm-hmm. they could do a show in which drag queens could be painted in a more positive light. Like, people were ready to receive what what they had cooking. Like, the, the people yeah. were ready to see drag queens on the main stage. But he wasn't always proven right because when they brought the show and mm-hmm. pitches, they brought it to both Bravo and E. Oh. And both turned the show down because they said, this is a great concept for a show. It's It will be amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we... Well, they were like, this... We think this is amazing. We don't think America is ready for a show about drag queens. Oh. Uh, So they finally took it to Logo, and Logo said yes. Logo Mm -hmm. is, of course, uh, a queer-oriented TV channel. Yeah. And so this is, like, now this is their biggest show. Well, it's not even on Logo anymore. No, but, like, this was their biggest, turns out, this was their biggest show. Logo is, of course, (laughs) owned by Viacom CBS. Yeah. But it's, like, one of their really small channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Logo said yes, but they... They were... still distribute it, though. Do they? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not you can, exactly You can sure. watch it on, like, Logo Plus, like, on their oh, app oh, okay. stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But, like, because of sort of how risky it was, the budget was very low. Teeny tiny, minuscule. If you squinted, you couldn't see it. That's so small. To the point that they didn't have a studio to film it in. They filmed it in the basement of the World of Wonder uh, offices. Yeah. It is, they, they filmed it in a basement, and they... <laughs> a broom closet was used as the control room for the show, and the queens would wait in a hallway while the judges deliberated. Like, that is how low-budge this thing yeah. was. Like, it was... There was no money. There was nothing. It is aesthetically a completely different season to every other season. Yeah. You go to two, it's the same workroom. Since season two to now, It's it looks like a the same A similar workroom. style. Yeah, I think it's the same room. space and that they've... Yeah, they've redone it. Like, mm-hmm. the wallpaper at one point changed around season they eight or nine. They also made it bigger for the COVID season. Yeah. And they just did it to scale. Around season nine, they changed it from the gray with the pink accents to mm-hmm. being just pink walls. Yeah. Because it's just wallpaper. Like, <laughs> yeah. Easy to change. Easy to change. In fact, I don't even think they're walls. Like, I think it's just, like, wallpaper hung down to create a room. And that's how they were able to extend the room for the COVID seasons. Mm-hmm. That's just conjecture. That doesn't <laughs> may not be real. Yeah. It's also, it's not hard to make sets bigger and smaller. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the original <laughs> promo for RuPaul's Drag Race was a picture of Barack Obama and Michelle Obama hugging with Rue's face on both Michelle (laughs) and Obama. Yeah, it's perfect. That's amazing. Oh, also going back to the money thing, they were, they didn't know if they could get songs cleared. Like, it was very Mm -hmm. hard for them to find music that was uh, popular enough that people would want to listen to it and, yeah, hear it. But also for them to be able to, yeah, afford it or However, some of the judges were pretty, like, big deal their first judge ever was bob mackie bob mackie that is the biggest deal ever yeah some of the the freaking guest judges are incredible like bob mackie mike ruiz michelle williams robin anton lucy lawless and maria conchita alonso robin anton has a special place in my heart she created the potatoes i know there's some like big names in there and also yeah to start off with bob mackie you start off with a bang yeah like, so i mean they they were they had something they knew they had something yeah they were there for it um 
And he and he was the judge for the very first ever episode, which was Drag on a Dime, mm-hmm. which like is is still a like a lot of things have come and gone from Drag Race, like. In the first season, you're not going to see Drag Race classics like Snatch Game. No, no Snatch Game. You're not going to see a lot of the things that you know and love that are they classics. They don't record a song. They don't. Well, do they? They do, kind of. I forgot. They. Um, oh, they do. They do at, at the, the very end. end. You're yeah. right. You're totally right. <laughs> but, but they don't have a girl group challenge in which they record their own song. No, but they do have a girl group challenge. They do. Yeah. And Michelle Williams is the host. That's uh, right. It's the guest judge. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they sing her song uh, for the lip sync. You know what's so funny? Mm-hmm. Now on Drag Race, it's become a thing when, like, it's a group challenge and one queen is struggling to be like, we've got to pull the Michelle. <laughs> I think I think Banshee said it's like, you know, every group's got a Michelle. Like, the Beyonce and Kelly got to pull the Michelle. Mm-hmm. Michelle's the only member of Destiny's Child that's ever been on Drag Race. <laughs> and true. they just that's true. rag on her <laughs> so hard. It's so funny. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, so yeah, but there are some, like, while those aren't aren't present in this season of Drag Race, because it also doesn't really look how we think Drag Race looks, um, it does have some classics that have been brought back time and time again, like, back with back again, uh, including things like Drag on a Dime, where, the, it, for this challenge in the first episode, they took, like, thrifted clothes and, like, 99 cent store stuff and had to make a look for the yeah. runway. We know and love that they do that every season. It's it's like they do it once or twice every season where you have to take a bunch of found shit and make some outfits. They also did yeah a girl group challenge. Maybe not the same way that they do girl group challenges now because everything's you know just like bumped up, amped up that much more. And that's the challenge. Tammy Brown gets sent home on and she refuses to lip sync. <laughs> Iconic. Oh, Tammy Brown's my favorite. Tammy Brown's my favorite of all time. They also do things like commercials. They do a makeover challenge. Uh, they also do the first ever drag ball where they have to bring three looks to the runway. The runway. 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 Run, 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 runway. Run. And then they also have the finale episode and then the reunited episode, which is weird. So mm-hmm. that's like the order that they go in. Um, I will never forget. They do the branding challenge where it's like they're all different flavors of vodka. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Chanel is tangerine. And she does that <laughs> thing. It's so weird. It's so weird. There's so many moments it. of it that are just like iconic, yeah, iconic in a and way it's that sad like, that it's called the lost season. <laughs> I know it's like not what you think of when you think of drag race because it's so different. Also, the way it was filmed, we haven't even mentioned the season one filter. I got it right here, girl. Okay, girl, let's go. Yeah, so they gave like a hazy, almost Vaseline like filter. <laughs> yes. All the lights were super harsh and blown mm-hmm. out. It's because RuPaul didn't want there to be any rough edges when it came to drag queens. Yeah, RuPaul wanted to kind of create a, like, hazy atmosphere where, like, they kind of look like 80, 80s glamour shots where it's also hazy very and, like... angelic. Angelic, a little orange, like, mis- like, mi- like, there's a mystery to it. Because, you know, traditionally, like, drag queens, you see them at night. You see them mm. at night in a club with fun lights and you're drinking and it's fun and, like... Ins, ins, yeah, ins, like, ins. uh, uh, like... Things like drag brunch are very new. Like, these are not things that, you know, like... RuPaul was worried people wouldn't be kind to drag queens with their harsh lines and their, like, strong stage makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be... RuPaul was worried how it would translate for TV. Yeah. Period. And that still is something that a lot of queens don't struggle with, but is a challenge for queens when they come on the show. Because it's so different to do uh, makeup for TV than it is for, you know, the other club. aspects of, of your drag career. 
Yeah. And yeah, it continues to still be, you know, an aspect of Well, on stage, when they're, when they're doing drag for, like, clubs, they're yeah. on stage, so it's stage makeup. Yeah, you paint for the back row. Yeah. Like, you paint for the check, as Trix and Mattel like to say, you paint for the check cashing place across the street. You know, <laughs> like, you paint for, you know, people in outer space in the stratosphere. For the, for the, <laughs> for the Teletubbies that Tammy Brown is teleporting to Mars. Those are the people you're painting for. But on TV, it... Yeah. So RuPaul decided okay, to Okay, mitigate- Cicada in the background. <laughs> oh, come on, Cicada! Um, let's get sickening! Let's get sickening! Uh, um, but yeah, so RuPaul decided to mitigate that and just go, you know what, well, we're going to put a weird filter on this. People are just going to be okay with it. And they were. Um, but looking back, it's super fucking weird. <laughs> to um, the point he referenced it in All-Stars 3. Totally. Because, of course, this is also the lost season, so they had to bring back the winner of this season to compete in All-Stars 3 <laughs> yes. to reintroduce her to the public. Oh, and part of the selling ever. features to the other queens were, Bibi here had that weird <laughs> season one filter. It's so funny. And, yeah, my favorite my favorite Bibi moment isn't from season one, but it is from, <laughs> it is from All-Stars when they do Hey, Katie Girl. And for some reason, like, she, one thing about Bibi to Harbonnet, Amazing. But one thing about her is she can't sew for shit. Like, really famously doesn't sew. But for Kitty Girl, they have her stage sitting at a sewing machine behind a sewing machine. And it makes me lose my shit every time because it's so funny to just think she's behind she's behind a sewing machine. It's funny. It is funny. It's so funny. I also just love Trixie's commentary. So this is getting into an All-Stars 3 <laughs> re, uh, recap. When it's in the talent show and BB's doing her, like, Cameroon dance yes. thing. Yeah. And... Trixie's like, baby looks great. She is the Lion King off Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> so shady. So shady. So shady ho. So great, though. So the finale, uh, they recorded a verse and filmed a spot for Rue's video for CoverGirl. You're cover right. CoverGirl. Put the that bass in your rock. Which they use for the runway. You're right. Course, I, I literally just watched it and yeah. I, like, I'm forgetting because I'm <laughs> so caught up in the reunion. Because there's... Because there's so much in that there's reunion. There's so much in the reunion. Jade getting on Rebecca. They were, I guess... there. Well, there was that lip sync between Jade and Rebecca. And Jade gets on the floor. And then Rebecca, like, whips oh, her yeah. head around. And I guess Jade got kind of injured during that. And thought that yeah. Rebecca should be disqualified for it. Because drag is not a contact sport. Drag is not a contact sport. But then yeah. there's other times in drag when drag is a contact sport for Rue. Yeah. It just it makes no Rue, sense. It makes no sense. It, there's no, there's no consistency. There's no real Rue or reason for this. Alaska can lick your face, but. But drag is not a contact sport. But drag is not a contact sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nina Flowers was voted by fans on the Drag Race mm-hmm. website to become the first ever Miss Congeniality. Yes. Which is something that doesn't happen now. Is it? Isn't that how they decide but the they Miss Congeniality do, now? They don't. Vote. No, because Valentina won because she was not really the most congenial. She's a fan favorite. But She's, don't do that. Do they vote on the website? I don't know. I don't or know. Or maybe it's like Instagram because that's what they did for um, UK. Yeah. I don't know that it's on the website. That's, that's what like. I... I don't know. Well, it's the Hoover's popular. Yeah. But I, I thought that the, also the Queen's vote. That's what I meant by popular. I thought the Queen's vote. Well, Valentina shouldn't have won then because Queen's did not like Valentina. Let's find out. I've also been eating this popcorn this whole time, and I'm so sorry if you're getting an ASMR of me eating popcorn yeah. through the whole thing. So, I think after Valentina, 
Do you think after Valentina won, it started to become the queen's chosen as geniality? Now I'm confused. Yeah, so, Monet Exchange, she was voted Miss Congeniality by her fellow season 10 sisters. Um, Nina West, also, I believe, voted by the queens. Um, Heidi, not sure. La La Ri, I think it's, I'm like pretty sure it's the queens now who vote. I think now, but probably since Valentina, because Valentina was definitely voted by the fans. That's very possible. So, regardless, um, it's also interesting, though, because I'm pretty sure that uh, Nina Flowers is the only ever runner-up to ever be voted Miss Congeniality Oh, that would make sense. Um, Because, yeah, spoiler alert, she doesn't win. Uh, Bibi Zahara Bonet wins. And Cameroon. uh, Cameroon becomes the first ever, the original queen of Drag Race. And, yeah, Nina Flowers comes second and actually ends up being um, awarded Miss Congeniality, which is yeah. pretty cool. Their lip sync songs for the season. Oh, my gosh. She did uh, so much more research than me. <laughs> well, let's just talk about the lip sync after the season. It brings us back to kind of when we were, what we were. Yeah. And, like, it gives a good insight to, like, what they were able to get their hands on, uh-huh. like, music-wise. Um, but also, they managed to pull some good songs. So, of course, it is Supermodel, because yeah. it's Rue. Uh, they did Michelle Williams' We Break the Dawn while Michelle was there. They also did a Whitney song. They did The Greatest Love of All, which is great. They did What I Lie to You. They did Stronger, which is such a... By Britney Spears, the one the Stronger than yesterday. Yeah, it's such a shame that we can't use it, right? Because they've already used it. Uh, they did Shackles. Did, and they then, use it this year? I think so, but it's been they've so done, long. They've yeah. done When I Grow Up twice. Well, they kind of eventually want to revisit some of the songs that they use in the early seasons. I would. Yeah. If I were them. And then they did cover book, Cover Girl for the uh, last cover one. Cover Girl. Put that bite and go up. It also re-aired the whole season in 2013 yes. as RuPaul's Drag Race colon the last season reveal. And they had a uh, commentary with Ru yeah. through the whole thing. Totally. Uh, there's also, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of iconic moments in the show uh, and also a lot of important and like touching moments too. One of them being when Angina revealed her status, her HIV positive status. Yes. And that was a big moment. That was, that was during moment. the Viva Glam uh, challenge. Yeah. Which they filmed a commercial. And Viva Glam is, of course, uh, Matt, Matt Cosmetics. Cosmetics line that donates to, to AIDS. AIDS and HIV yeah. prevention. Or, yeah. Yeah. And treatment, I believe. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's also a really big moment too with Bibi Zahar Bonet when she opens up about the strict gender norms in her homeland of Cameroon. Yeah, that she, yeah, because this happened during the reveal, uh, not the reveal, the, the end. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't talk the today. The finale? The fin- not the finale, the, the, oh, when they, when they come back, the queens, they, yes. they're revisited. They're revisited. <laughs> when they, uh, reunited. Re- they're, re- they're reunion. reunion. The that was the word I was looking for, reunion. Yeah. The reunion, Reveal. Yeah. Reunion. It's because there's so many reveals <laughs> now. So many reveals. Um, yeah, she talks about how she got death threats from people mm-hmm. in Africa, saying that this is not what an African man would do. So sad. So sad. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about where each of the queens are. Yeah. Since. So Let's do it. Let's do a where are they now. Tammy Brown is, of course, still doing drag. Legend. She's dabbled in music. Yes. She's a singer-songwriter. Singer-songwriter. 
Um, some of her songs have were largely written and co-written by uh, Trixie Mattel. Yeah, they're good friends. They're good friends. They, like, Trixie Mattel will not stop talking about how much she loves Tammy Brown. She's a Tammy Brown stan, like we mm-hmm. are as well. It's so fun. Tammy Brown is wackadoodle, and she's the best. So, Akasha has since sort of dabbled in drag, but for the most part, she has sort of hung up her hat. But during the season 10, she reunion, uh, during the season 10 finale, she uh, went back in drag and since has kind of come out of retirement a little bit, uh, but she hasn't been that active on social media since. Okay. Jade is still doing her thing. Doing it. She performed alongside Monique Hart in the season 10 finale. Yes, sure did. We love Jade. And also we love Monique Hart. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angina is, of course, still killing it. She That's was right. on All Stars 5. Most recently, most yeah. Most recently. Totally. Yeah, it was so nice to see Angina back. I wish Angina had stayed longer. I really like Angina. Chanel is, of course, killing it in Las Vegas with That's Chad. Right. That's classic. Her and Chad Michaels are good friends and still killing it in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Rebecca totally Glasscock. Uh, Glasscock has, of course, hung up her hat in drag. She's retired, but not before she had a small cameo role in Men in Black 3. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and she performed in the season 10 finale with Dusty Ray Bottoms. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but she now works as, um, she works at a cosmetic counter. Nice. For Clinique. That's awesome. Yeah. Nina Flowers is, of course, still doing drag and had mm-hmm. appeared on the All Stars 1 and also joined Rue for Drag You. Oh, that's right. Remember, Drag You is a thing. Yes. Mm. And, of course, Bibi Zahara Benet has yes. released a lot of music and uh, would appear in All Stars 3, also appeared in that same season 10 finale. So, Bibi's killing it. Bibi's out here doing it. She has a. Catchy single. Her first single is Jungle Kitty. <laughs> That's so BB. And she's preparing. To, she wants to do a documentary about her life called Being BB. Oh, I would watch the shit out of yeah. that. Yeah. I really think BB's so interesting. Love it. Is that all of them? That is all of them. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, there's only nine of them, so that makes sense that it was very fast. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a short season. Now we got, like, I don't know how oh many. Oh, my God. There's 13... <laughs> There's something like 13 queens in an all-star seasons, and all-star seasons tend to be shorter. I want to cry. If someone doesn't reveal the game within a game soon, I'm going to... What is the game within a game? just cry forever. Oh, I hate it. I hate how much I watch Drag Race. I hate it. I hate it. Does this officially bring us back to the present? (sighs) Yeah. Do you want to just geek out about Drag Race a little bit now? Well, we already opened the door. Um, I don't have a pop pick for the week other than Drag Race. Maybe Drag Race UK is my pop pick for the week. Drag Race UK is better than it's Drag Race It's way better than Drag Race US, hands down. And Drag Race, uh, like, Canada's Drag Race is, like, a close second to me for the UK because it felt more like an early season of regular Drag yeah, Race, about like which a- is what I appreciated. It felt like a two, three, four of yes. American Drag Race. Yeah, which I like because it goes back to the, like, the, yeah, we're all rooting for you when Rue has that whole, that whole moment, the whole Tyra, Tyra Banks breakdown. Kine, Kine in Canada's Drag Race. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. To Brooklyn Heights. Right? Oh, my God. So there's just so many, like, moments, like, 
that would never happen on today's drag race, which is so formulaic, so like yeah. rigamorous. Who's Morris? You know, it's just like it's exhausting how hard they work to make good TV and then get only mediocre TV. Yeah. Oh no, not to be that no. girl, but I'm actually really enjoying this All Star season. I like the queens. I don't yeah. like the structure of the show. <laughs> Period. Jan. Yeah. We love Jan. Jan. Jan was. Jan is robbed. Jan's always robbed, though. Rigamorris. Rigamorris. I call Rigamorris. Who's, Who's Morris? Morris? <laughs> That's an All Stars too. Go watch All Stars oh, too. Oh, it's the best. It's the best of all time. Yeah, it's it's a great show. It's a lot to get into. It's a big commitment. Um, though you could just commit to you could just commit to one okay. one and season. then you won't be mad at that. You also just watch one season. If you watch one season, watch season five. That would be my vote. Season five. Yeah. Yeah. Like Alaska. Uh, With Alaska, Alaska talks, talks and Alyssa Edwards. Jinx. Yeah. Coco Montries. Coco Montries. Yeah. yeah, that is a good season. It's a great season. Six is also really good. Mm-hmm. Bianca. Yeah. Seven, I think everyone hates Seven, but it's I love it. It's okay, everybody favorites. hates Seven, and yet it has Some of the all the most queens. iconic queens. I know. Katya, so Trixie, Violet, Ginger, Ginger. Minge. Come on. It's iconic. Pearl. Yes, Pearl. Kennedy. Oh, my God. It's a stacked season. It's a stacked season. Yeah. We but just yeah. weren't ready for Seven at the time. It was before its time. It's true. I really want them to bring back the, like, half and half, um, <laughs> the, like, paint yourself half and half. Oh, my challenge. gosh. It's one of my favorites, and I loved it so much, but I don't think they're ever going to bring it back, because people hated it. I loved it. it I just great. loved Katya yeah, when she did the, the thumbs up. Hmm. It's so funny. Half lady, half man. Yeah. It's very, like, yeah, do the sunny and share, like, half sunny, half share. It's so funny. Or Cher just playing every role in West Side Story. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> that has nothing that to do with Joy Grace. No. Go look that up, though. Cher's West Side Story you know is what? brilliant. Maybe that's my pop pick if I don't have one besides you kid. Yeah. Yeah, because that's so funny. Okay, if we get... <laughs> do you have a favorite queen of all time? <sighs> Honestly, I can pick, I'll tell you three. Uh, Jamie Brown, Trixie Mattel. Um, oh, damn. Oh, no, I can't do three. There's too many good ones. Um, I'll give you those two for now. Okay. Yeah. I like Miss Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. Oh, yeah, Vanjie. I do love Alyssa. You gotta love Alyssa. You gotta love Boost. You gotta love Alyssa. I mean, Alyssa's so great. I mean, and I relate to Alyssa. She has a dance background. Totally. And I I do. I think Trixie is so talented. I know she's not one of the best drag race girls in terms of what she did on the show. Oh, she was bad on the show. But what she's done. Even though she won. (laughs) What she's done since the show is amazing. Her music, her her makeup line, everything. I will say the best queens of all time, I think, on the show in terms Mm. of like how they've done it are Bob, the drag queen. (gasps) I love... Okay, I'll pick Bob the Drag Queen. And Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, Bianca... I think those are the two strongest drag race queens, if that makes sense. If you have to pick one top moment in drag race history that sticks in your brain, that you think about almost on the daily, what would it be? I'll tell you mine after. Well, I'll tell... Okay, I can't... I don't know if I can answer this so well... But I will say one that pops up a lot while teaching dance is you get a lot of kids that think they're really good at stuff. Right. And they're not. <laughs> and I just think of Delusion by Jinx Monsoon. Oh, Jinx Monsoon. That's funny. 
See, I, I, the thing that will stick in my head forever that gagged me to the skies will always be the wig and the roses, the Sasha Velour reveal. Mm. I also love Sasha Velour. I think Sasha Velour is brilliant. Um, or even Roxy Andrews, the wig on a wig. The wig on the a The first one to do a wig reveal. Wig reveal to another wig. Oh, I love Shea Coulee. Oh my God, I love so many people on that show. Uh, oh, it's painful to think about. Lala Ree's drag on a dime outfit. No, never. <laughs> never. Bag, I, sorry, bag ball. No, uh, that needs to leave my brain I'm forever kidding. and never come back because it makes me want to cry all the time. <laughs> Some of the reads are really good. Adore. I'm going to say this very slowly. You're dumb. You're dumb. Oh yeah. Our drag race is so much fun. It's it's great. I'm so glad that it has brought drag to a new level for the masses. Um, Let's also put drag a little bit into a box. Absolutely. With everything, there's, you know, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. And it makes people, people, I think, a lot of times think drag has to be, if it's not good on Drag Race, it's not good drag, which is absolutely not true. No. It's absolutely the opposite, in fact. I mean, we even see on Drag Race, queens that do really well on their original season don't always do well on All Stars. Yeah, or vice versa. Because it's just a time and place thing, and also Drag Race is not all but it is to be a drag queen. No, there's so much efforts, there's so much parts of drag that are not represented in a show like that especially you know they're a world of like spe- like a spectrum of, of gender identity and drag that doesn't exist on that show because of <clears throat> rupaul's trans i mean it is getting better um it's getting better to be but... no but i think okay some people might cancel me for this but i think we have to give the show credit for like it made its mistakes rue has made their mistakes when it comes to trans uh representation but i think we are seeing it be- get better i would like to see a female identifying trans queen on a regular season which we haven't had that yet yeah or there, open, open an so. open one that goes into yeah. the show being open one that's about allowed it. to be open about it right poor peppermint poor like, peppermint let yeah. us not forget but i think we've seen improvements with we have kylie on the current season and got mick yeah. So I think, I just think we have to give credit where credit is due, that they are evolving. Maybe not as fast as we would like. Sure. But. I, guess, I guess my other my other thought on that is not necessarily the gender identities of uh, the drag performers, but just the idea that good drag isn't just female drag. Like, oh, what like, about some drag kings? What about some gender? I would love to see a drag king you know? show. I think World of Wonder yeah. should do a drag king show. Yeah. I think that'd be smart. I don't think it should compete on the same show as Drag Race because I just think comparing the two... It's hard for the criteria, maybe. It's hard for the criteria, and I think we would see... It would start to get into, like, a battle what is better, and it would... Even more gender stereotype, maybe, Yeah, I think come it, out of that. I think yeah. it would be nicer just to have two... Uh, just a, a, Arenas, new, yeah. a new platform for drag kings. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what, like, for a lot of people, like, uh, Dragula is. Mm. <laughs> so I, I guess that's one of those, but... Yeah, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get my pop pick. Give it! If, if a cross between UK, Drag Race, <laughs> and what was the other one? And um, Cher playing all the parts oh, of and, Side and Story. Oh, is yours. That's for sure mine. Both of those, yeah. Mine is a new show on Netflix. Mm. It is It is everything. 
It's called Cooking with Paris. <gasps> I have added it to my list. I want to watch it. Tell us more. It is it is everything. It is <gasps> Paris being so self-aware that she is just the most extra person on the planet. Yes! You hear her two voices. Because we everything. all know Paris all has know, two yeah. voices. Um, her just being the most extra person. Me and my good friend Aisha, who will be on this pod at some point. Legend. We love her. We love her. Watched it last night <laughs> and just laughed as Paris descended a stairway in a grocery store. And it's like, they do this great thing where they always play like whatever style of the food that they're making. So this mm-hmm. was Italian. She like walks down in her To like Italian a, music? To Italian <laughs> opera. And then, it, then And then it does a harsh cut to her in a grocery store like being confused. That's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Paris is a comedy genius, and no one talks about it enough, period. And her first guest is Kim Kardashian. Come on! Yeah. Oh, I gotta watch. I gotta watch it. I really want to so badly. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a gift. That's Paris hot. Paris is a gift. That's hot. That, yeah, that's so hot. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our Drag Race Season 1 podcast. I'm so glad we finally tackled this uh, topic. This topic. It's important to, you know, get back to our roots. Back to the roots of the thing we talk about a lot. Yeah, we went really nerd culture last week. So we had to go go super queer this week. Yeah, we like uh, to even out our representation of all the the identities we like to have. That being said, video game and anime culture is not devoid of queer people. Gamers. Gamers. Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. No, this is just like... uh, you know, we have a, a little bit more of, up our alley. Totally. And we have a wide array of things we enjoy. And yeah. they both happen to be some of them. So. All right. So we're going to sign up. This is the yes. Before There Are Hashtag Podcasts. Like us on Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Maybe write us a review. It helps other people find the pod. That's right. Uh, we appreciate you for being here. Yeah. All right, friends. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye.